I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. When we saw the temperatures falling, um, I contacted the state, I contacted the county, I contacted the city, I contacted the, the major shelters, and I said, what are we going to do? These temperatures are lethal. And they didn't get back to me. And so I decided to do something, because sometimes it takes us to make a change. Right now on KSL+. Plus. You have an opportunity this weekend to stay inside, okay? There may never be a comfortable or safe time of the year. United Methodist Church. To spend the night on the streets. You can stay there all night from 8 p.m. to about 7.30 a.m. But frigid winter nights can be especially uncomfortable and dangerous. Bitterly cold, miserable. For people like David Weathers. Uh, scared because I don't know if I'm going to make it through the night because of the cold. So it's really close. You guys can always leave if you don't like it. They need another option, and this um, this was a miracle that transpired in mere hours to give them that other option, and I know we saved lives last night. Just in the last few days because of the cold. I'm at so Rascone. what they're really trying to do here is save lives. And this week we look at the last-minute efforts to get people off the streets when it matters most. Drop people off, and then we'll be right back, okay? The volunteers that are helping to make it happen and why they say the city and state aren't doing enough. On some of the coldest nights in December, temperatures drop to near single digits in Salt Lake City. It's incredibly important for us to look at them and then say, instead of saying, what's wrong with you, you say, what happened to you? During that week, officials say five people died on the streets. For many of these individuals, this is the only service that they will receive and where they will be remembered. And it's possible there could have been more deaths were not for the efforts of First United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor A.J. Bush. And several advocacy groups, including Ksenia Knazova, Nomad Alliance. So my name is Carl Moore. Our unsheltered uh, relatives. Uh, Wendy Garvin. And unsheltered Utah. I can't claim credit for the idea. I saw a church down in Provo, the Genesis Project, that was hosting movie nights all night for the unsheltered. And I thought, well... That's an angle we haven't tried yet. And so um, we started calling. We contacted Brian Diggs from Family Promise, who is an amazing advocate for this community. And he got us in touch with Pastor AJ, who um, we are thrilled to know. We got a call uh, that they were looking for space to host these overnight movie nights. And the temperatures were dropping. It was time to, to do it now or never. And so we, we 
talked about it with our facilities director and said, can we do this? And we said yes. And she said yes. And that's what it was. She said yes, and she opened her doors, and she cares as much about this population as we do. And so we had an opportunity. We're having a big movie night tonight. Um, Second South, Second West. Uh, you can stay there all night from 8 p.m. to about 7.30 a.m. Yeah. We're going so out. We have um, cars out there um, telling people uh, about this opportunity. And uh, why don't we put it on top of the car? Piling them into the car, dropping them off here and going back out to get more and more people. We're going to have to check bags, so no weapons and no drugs. Our mission here at the church is to turn closed doors into open tables. And this was a, a literal way that we could actually open our doors and have people come in, get off the streets, be warm, be safe and know that they have a place where they belong. I say a lot of things, but one of the things is do what you can, where you can, when you can. And I think that this is just something that we can do. So we are largely providing the space. We have the, a wonderful open space in our basement and a heated building that is heated whether people are in it or not. And so we're able to invite people to come in. Um, there's some food and snacks in our kitchen. There's a movie being projected on the walls. Table over here. And in a matter of hours, they set up not a shelter inside the church, but what they call an overnight movie night, especially for those who can't or won't go to shelters. And just a place for people to come and be warm and safe. The city says on an average night in early December, there were still more than 100 overflow beds available. When temperatures plummeted, the four Salt Lake County Homeless Resource Centers filled up and people were left out in the cold. But even when there is space in shelters, there are many reasons people will stay away from them. These are people that have been on the streets for a long time. They're people that may have been formerly incarcerated, so they don't want to be warehoused in the shelter system. Um, they may not, uh, they may have have things stolen or experience violence or any sort of, or be a part of a couple or have dogs that aren't allowed in shelters. And so it's actually um, really uh, magnificent. <laughs> it's a miracle um, that we're all collaborating because they trust us out on the streets and they know that um, we aren't institutions. We aren't institutions that have um, maybe made promises and broken them in the past or have treated them in a way that maybe d didn't give them the kind of dignity that they, they needed. And so um, they said yes uh, to us, inviting them into this beautiful, beautiful temple, this beautiful church, um, and in a way where they haven't said yes to other services and of being inside um, at night before. But why an overnight movie night instead of a temporary shelter for the homeless? Organizers told me it's because Salt Lake City doesn't allow them to set up a shelter. Oh, that would be cool if they were spending that time actually looking for a shelter. No, this was to create a policy to make it harder to open shelters. There's still a moratorium on permanent homeless resource centers. So we can't open a shelter, but we can host a party. All these organizations are coming together to kind of just, I mean, it's not something that, it's not an ego thing. This is really to help the people, to help people to survive. And survival is something that, I mean, that's like one of those minimum rights or minimal rights that people should have is the right to survive. We, all of us, all of these organizations have been fighting out on the street for several years trying to get rights and support and services for the folks that we're serving, the, the unsheltered people that we love. 
And um, we've run up against barrier after barrier after barrier. The city does not want to open more shelters. The state and the county do not want to spend more money. And the citizens don't really want people in their backyard. And we just want them to survive. And in Salt Lake City, it seems like the city doesn't really care about that right to survive where they're allowing people to literally freeze to death on the streets. Every Salt Laker deserves a place to sleep at night. We've been saying that since I started this job almost three years ago. And my heart goes out to everyone who knew and loved and worked to serve uh, the unsheltered individuals who've passed away in just the few days here in Salt Lake City but of course across the entirety of this year. And those individuals in just the last few days who have died, of course the medical examiner will do their work and in the coming weeks the specific causes of death will be known. It's completely reasonable for us to assume that the exposure that they've endured was a factor in their tragic deaths. Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall pushed back on that claim in a press conference December 20th. On my 11th day of mayor, as, as the mayor, I stood right there and I said then every single person who seeks shelter during the winter months should have access to a safe, warm place to sleep and the ability to connect with services. And today, which is nearly three years since that day, I am just as committed as I was then to ensuring that this city does everything in our power to make this a reality for our neighbors who are living unsheltered in our city. And I am not alone. The mayor signed an emergency declaration to expand capacity at the two homeless resource centers in the city by 25 beds each. Days after the temperatures really started falling and people started dying. Are we making an emergency declaration too late? This is as fast as we could get it together. Mayors in South Salt Lake and Mill Creek plan to do the same. So altogether, these moves, because Salt Lake City is not acting alone, will allow our service providers the opportunity to add 95 beds as soon as they are able. Together, it's our hope that by enabling this additional capacity, the operators of each of the shelters will be able to offer the space that our countywide system needs now in order to guarantee the availability of a bed for anyone seeking shelter. This will help us to now flex those resource centers a little bit more. Uh, it will take some a little bit of time for that to happen. Um, staffing is one of our biggest issues right now. The state of Utah is funding the resources and staffing costs. Right now, our resource centers have been running at capacity pretty much all year round. And so it's obvious to me that we need an additional uh, Wayne Niederhauser is Utah's homelessness coordinator. More than we've ever had before. We've had them opened faster than we've ever had before um, since, uh, I guess, the Rio Grande shelter. So we've, I felt pretty confident the state was leading that charge by statute and um, and then that confidence has been shattered over the last week with the amount of people that are accessing shelter even though we've provided more uh, beds than we ever have and earlier than we ever had before. Three people died in the last three days. I want to say how grateful we are for the marathon efforts of volunteers in this city 
and a local church downtown who over the past weekend worked quickly and worked together to provide an indoor option for so many people in the downtown who didn't have another option. Mayor Mendenhall's December 20th emergency order lasts for 30 days. At the same time, Salt Lake City's planning division is working on a new process to approve homeless resource centers in the city. Um, We'll have transportation back for you in the morning. Um, and it's, it's a really nice place. There's Until then, volunteers have their hands full. It's, it's real helpful. I'm really, really a blessing. Um, I wish there was more organizations like this out here to help. Continuing their work to try and save lives through the winter. Our theme for Christmas this year has been talking about angels and the angels that show up in the Christmas story. And so when I got the call yesterday, I really felt like this was an opportunity to be an angel to the community, to be angels to people who are in need. And I think all the volunteers who came and helped put this on, they are angels also. And this is really what I think is the heart of Christianity, is doing something. It's actually doing the things. It's actually feeding people, clothing people, helping people have the shelter that they need, helping people have a community, helping people to Um, have relationships with each other. I would just admonish everybody to do something. You know, this is a community effort. None of us here are paid for our work. We're all volunteers, and we, we believe so much that every life is valuable and every person deserves dignity and a warm place to be. That's why we came here today um, and are organizing to, to really be um, that, that place when the inns have got no room. We wanted to have less people pass away because we have dealt with way too much of that. It is not okay. That does it for us this week on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. We'll see you again in two weeks. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.